Despite tons of attention, no one that I'm aware of has ever been prosecuted for flipping bottles and participating in the bourbon secondary market until now. If you want to find out about it, then stick around. Before I get started, I have to take a moment to thank the Patreon members. You guys are the best. If you're watching this video, you should think of Patreon because the only reason we're able to produce this content is because of their monthly financial support. We love you guys and we thank you. Now, let's get into some of the disclaimers. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm not aware of all criminal prosecutions. So if you know about a flipper who got prosecuted, um, and I'm saying that this is the first time. Don't bite my head off. Um, I kind of keep my ear to the you know ground on this type of thing. Um, this is the first time I've actually heard about somebody being busted in this way. I will also say that I've heard of people getting busted uh, by trying to do things on Craigslist where like local law enforcement set up a sting. Uh, but this is the first time that I've actually heard about a sting operation inside the bourbon secondary market on Facebook. Now let's talk about the background and how all of this came to be. Uh, first of all, you need to know that the private transfer of alcohol without a license is illegal. Uh, traditionally though, the law was not really strictly enforced. So if you're thinking about illegal activity on one end of the spectrum, you have the gift of alcohol. If you have ever given somebody a bottle of wine for a special occasion, you are technically a bootlegger. Uh, but that's not how the law has been interpreted and that's not how the law has been enforced. On the other end of the spectrum is an individual that's running a liquor store as a bootlegger without a license. And then there's everything in between. So the way that I came into possession of this information was a BRTC member reached out to me and they said, hey, you need to know that there's somebody that's in your group that was suspected uh, that their profile has been taken over by regulatory authorities because this individual was bootlegging and they got caught up in a sting operation. And part of their plea bargain was that they had to give over their social media accounts to regulatory authorities so that they could pose as him and find more people who are breaking the law. And so <clears throat> that's something that, you know, we don't allow any buy, sell, trade transactions in BRTC. So I don't have to directly worry about getting in trouble through the group. Uh, but I do know that sometimes members get to know each other and they do things in private message. And I didn't want any members getting caught up in some sting operation. And so I was a little unsure what to do. I didn't know how to vet the information because I couldn't find anything online and I couldn't just reach out to the individual to get his side of the story because if in fact the rumors were true that it was regulatory authorities that were running the account, they're just going to lie as part of the sting operation. So I ended up blocking his profile, waited for him to reach out to me. When he did, I refused to talk online and I demanded that we speak over the phone because uh, I figured it would be easier to identify if the person was telling the truth. And I ended up getting on the phone with this individual and I got the whole story. So basically, uh, the reason why I'm drinking OWA is because this individual who has asked to remain nameless, 
Um, I offered to have him come onto the show to, you know, kind of vindicate his name. And he said, hey, man, this is a dark chapter of my life and that's not what I'm trying to be known for. And so, you know, I'm going to have to decline. Uh, but he did give me the full story. And he discovered that OWA is very plentiful in Ohio, um, but it is very scarce in Virginia. And so you can get it easily in Ohio, take it to Virginia, and there's plenty of people that are willing to pay a premium for it. And he, uh, in the way that he makes his money, he had flexibility in his work schedule. So he was able to frequently make these trips up to Ohio. And what he would do is he would go up there and get a OWA, he'd bring it down to Virginia and he'd trade it for bigger bottles. And then he would take those bigger bottles back to Ohio and get even more OWA from people. And he would go through this cycle and he was building up the value of his total whiskey collection. Um, and basically it made it so that he was able to drink whatever he wanted for free as long as he was able, able to make these trips. Um, that was until he got arrested. So he had set up a trade in a parking lot in Virginia and he had no idea that it was a sting operation. So he goes and he does the trade. As soon as he drives out of the parking lot, uh, he gets pulled over by a regular law enforcement officer. And after he pulls over, six unmarked SUVs come sliding up around him. All of these agents from the local ABC jump out. They're all in full squat, uh, uh, SWAT gear. Um, they're all wearing bulletproof vests and they basically scared the crap out of him. And I mean, they were treating him like they had just taken down, you know, the biggest bootlegger ever. Like they caught, you know, Remus or something, right? And um, so they, they've got him cuffed up. Uh, they, they were taking him in. They, they ended up charging him with three different law violations. Um, from what I can remember, uh, one of them had to do with the illegal sale of alcohol, and a couple of them had to do with the illegal transport of alcohol. And uh, one of the rules he broke in two different counties. So they ended up charging him with four different crimes um, and they seized his phone. Uh, they seized around 80 bottles of allocated whiskey that he had in his car, and they took his personal vehicle and impounded it. Ah, I knew I was a bigger Bourbon Real Talk fan than you. How do you know that? Well, because I don't just use a prideful goat, Glenn. I got a official Bourbon Real Talk tumbler. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I got this Bourbon Real Talk lanyard to carry my whiskey glass in. Oh, well, speaking of whiskey glasses, do you have one of these? No, I don't. Rocks glass. Oh, yeah? Yep, official. Well, I love my wife, and I bought her this official whiskey wife flask from Bourbon Real Talk. Well, that's cute and everything, but I got my wife one of these. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, you can just add your own liquor, and it's an actual cocktail right there in a, in a jar. Me and my wife like to make cocktails, so we got this simple syrup off oh, the website. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Well, do you and your wife have one of these? This is an official sticker. You can only get these on the website. Uh, no, but I do have these official coasters that have the Bourbon Real Talk logo on them, and I'm representing. Hmm. Well, while you're representing those little coasters of yours, I've got an aroma kit. Do you? Yeah, so I can smell literally everything in bourbon. Everything. Well, I don't have that, but I do have this sample box that I keep all my samples in because I'm part of the community and I share samples. Yeah, but do you have Glen Toppers that are officially Bourbon Real Talk? I don't have that, but I do have this large whiskey carrying case for my glasses so that I don't break them. See, I knew you had that. That's why I have this, the smaller version, okay? It packs more easily into your suitcase. Uh -huh. Don't mess with that big old thing, okay? Suitcase, that's for lamos. Check this thing out. I have a bourbon real taut bottle carrying bag. You can't beat that. 
I don't know if I can. Because and on top of that, I have a Bourbon Real Talk t-shirt. I'm the bigger fan. Oh, I can beat that. Is it extra schmedium? No, I don't have an extra schmedium. Ha! Extra schmedium. You might be the bigger fan. You win. I knew it. So whether you're a Bourbon Real Talk super fan or simply looking for quality whiskey swag, head over to bourbonrealtalk.com today. They did ask him to give the password to his personal cell phone because they did want to go through it, uh, but he refused. Um, and at that point, he lawyered up. So he was able to get out on bail. And once he got out, uh, he still didn't have his phone. He still didn't have his car. Uh, and he had a hard time finding an attorney because there were no attorneys that had ever dealt with this type of charge before. So he was looking for somebody who had some experience. But as I mentioned in the intro, uh, this is a very rare occurrence. And so he couldn't find anybody. But eventually he found somebody that was able to deal with this, that had some experience dealing with the prosecutor. And he felt comfortable moving forward. Uh, but it did take a little bit of time for all of this to get adjudicated. He spent several months not sleeping, believing that his uh, life was effectively over, right? Um, he got irrationally exuberant about hunting rare whiskey and figured out a way to get what everybody else wanted. And he had gone down this rabbit hole. And, you know, he said, it had never dawned on me that I was a bootlegger until they arrested me and called me a bootlegger, right? He said, I just thought I was a guy that was, you know, enterprising and willing to put in the work to get the whiskey that other people wanted, right? But he believed he was going to prison, right? And that this was going to be a, a, a serious, serious issue. Now he was very worried because he knew the authorities did have his phone, that they were gonna gain access to his phone and get a history of transactions and start going after individuals. He, was, he definitely didn't want to drag anybody else into this nightmare that he was, he was living. And so he started to reach out to some of the Facebook-based bourbon secondary market groups that he was a part of, and he would reach out to their leadership and basically said, hey, this is what's happened. I'm afraid that they're going to gain access through my account. You need to boot me. You need to ban me. You need to scrub everything uh, associated with my name off of your deal. Some of the accounts, they just deleted the whole group and started over. Some of them, they basically scrubbed his existence out of the group. Um, he also reached out to several individuals that he had recently done trades with to let them know about the possible danger. And that's really what caused the rumor mill to start. So how'd the case turn out? Well, the investigators thought that they had found this individual that was making tons of money bootlegging. But once they got in and started investigating, they realized that most of his transactions were trades and that when he did sell for cash, he typically reinvested the money in bottles. And so it wasn't exactly the individual running a liquor store to pay his bills that they thought that they had found. Um, and when I say liquor store, I mean an unlicensed liquor store. Um, they just found somebody who was collecting whiskey. Um, and so since it wasn't the big thing that they thought when they set up the sting, um, it, what he was doing was still illegal, but it, you know, it wasn't worth them pursuing all of that. They dropped three of the four charges. They allowed him to plead guilty to a misdemeanor. Um, and I can't remember if it was for illegal transport or illegal selling without a license, but whatever, he pled guilty to a misdemeanor. But they kept his car and <laughs> they actually made him pay a $2,000 fine to get his car back, uh, which I thought was absolutely nuts. 
Um, and they never actually gained access to his phone, though. Um, they didn't go through the legal proceedings to get the court order to force him to do it and all of that stuff. Uh, but by the time all of this was adjudicated, he had already bought a new phone and whatnot, and they gave him the phone back. It was still locked. So in the aftermath, though, there were a lot of rumors um, that he was compromised, right? And that his social media accounts were under the control of authorities and that there was this large sting operation and that they were gathering information to go after all of these people on the secondary market for trading and so on and so forth. And there were even some rumors that uh, he may even be in on it, right? That part of his plea bargain was to work with the authorities to you know go out there and gather this information uh, so that they can find other individuals that are you know bad actors and breaking the law. The truth is it takes a lot of resources to stop somebody from bootlegging. Um, the federal authorities aren't really interested in pursuing small operators and state authorities don't really care until they believe that the operation has reached the magnitude that it's negatively impacting their ability to collect alcohol taxes. And this means that if you buy a bottle in a state that that's a flippable bottle and you paid taxes on it when you purchased it, but then you decide that you're going to sell that bottle to somebody out of state and ship it, the state that you bought the bottle in, they probably don't care that you're flipping it because they got to collect their taxes. Now, the state that you're shipping into, they would care, but how would they know that you did it? And even if they did know, they don't have the resources to pursue such a small infraction. And they would literally have to extradite you from another state, bring you in to charge you and convict you of the crime of selling one bottle without a license. And it's, it's, it's difficult to even know who has jurisdiction in these situations. And this is why they really have not pursued individuals for breaking these laws, okay? It almost never gets pursued. It doesn't mean that they won't though, right? Um, they, they don't have the resources to go after small time operators, but if they think that you're operating at a, at a large enough level, they will pursue you. The only reason they went after this individual is because the information that they were able to gather indicated that they thought this was a much larger operation than it turned out to be. And so they were willing to apportion the resources and actually set up a sting. So should you be worried about giving away samples or a bottle and shipping it to the winner? I'm not, um, but there is a line that you don't wanna cross. And that's when you are profiting like you are a business but you don't have a license, right? And so I wouldn't be super worried about, you know, swapping a bottle with a friend. They've got something you want. You've got something they want. Uh, we're not seeing people get pursued for that. But I do know that once you get to the point that you're running a liquor store without a license, state authorities start to care about that. So let's give away some whiskey. Um, I, I was trying to figure out like, what do I want to give away? And it's like, you know what, it doesn't matter. I'm just gonna give away a good bottle. So this week we are going to give away a single barrel of Wilderness Trail Rye that I helped pick. It is cash strength at 104.86 proof, which is a little bit low for cash strength, but if you know anything about Wilderness Trail, you know that uh, they have really low barrel entry proofs, which creates a more robust flavor. So all you have to do to enter to win this bottle is to like, subscribe, ring the bell so that you know when more content's coming out and every piece of content has a giveaway so you're gonna wanna know. 
comment on this video, and then go down to the video description and find the link to enter your name to register to win. I'll run a randomizer. If you're the winner, I'll reach out to you. I'll get your shipping information, and I'll get this bottle out to you absolutely for free. So if you like this content and you wanna support this channel, I'd like to encourage you to consider joining our Patreon. We've got a lot of member benefits. It's not just a donation. We have bonus content, uh, special offers. Uh, we got a couple distillery takeovers planned where we go to a distillery and we're kind of keen for the day. We get to taste out of barrels. We usually do a barrel pick. Uh, we release that exclusively to the Patreon members. We have in-person meetups, virtual bottle shares every month, discounts on merch, and you get the satisfaction of knowing that you're supporting the channel and its mission. Um, and you can also support the channel by purchasing merchandise from bourbonrealtalk.com. We've got a lot of really awesome stuff. If you're into whiskey, we have some things that you're gonna wanna own. So go over there and check that out. Uh, I also have to tell you, I'm a real estate agent. And if you need real estate services, uh, residential real estate services in Dallas or Houston metro areas, I would love for you to give me a call. I do give epic bottles as closing gifts. So if this is your first time tuning into the show, I'd love to thank you for the view and let you know a little bit about our channel. We're all about bringing people together around whiskey. And that's because I lost a loved one to suicide. And in the aftermath, I was trying to figure out what I could do to help other people not feel alone the way that my brother did when he made that decision. And I saw whiskey bringing people together. And so I figure if I can get you connected to whiskey, the whiskey will do the rest of the job and get you connected to others. Uh, but if we're gonna have connection, we're gonna have to have a forum that we can communicate with each other. And there's a lot of hate out there on whiskey forums. We call them trolls. And they taught us that one, we need to start our own forum that was troll free. And we have, it's Bourbon Real Talk Community. It's a free Facebook-based forum. You can go, you can join right now. Uh, but the second thing those trolls taught us was that if they can hate online, we can love online. And that's why we end every show the same way, and that's this. If you woke up this morning and you're unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that I love you. And we'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. Troll is a person who seeks negative attention and uses contrarian attitudes to derail civil discussion in online forums. They communicate in ways they never would face to face because they're keyboard warriors. Their only goal is to make other people feel inferior. Hey guys, I'm new here. I just got my first Blanton's. And trust me, you probably paid way too much. I don't care much about the Blanton's, but nice <laughs> There's no way that she didn't buy that at secondary. Idiot. Oh, I know how you got that bottle. So. Are you sick and tired of the whiskey trolls running your fun online? Well, that's why we started Bourbon Real Talk Community. Congratulations. Let me know what you think when you open it up. Hey, welcome to the group. Let me send you over a sample of Blanton's Gold and straight from the barrel. See how you like those. I remember back to my first bottle of Blanton's. It was the birthday to my son, and we enjoy it every year on his birthday. Congrats. So if you're looking to connect with some people online who aren't Head over to Facebook.com and join Bourbon Real Talk community today.